Hello everyone. Today's episode um, is with Andy Brereton. Andy is a dear friend of mine, currently uh, the VP of Legal Ops at ServiceNow. He's been there for about three years before that, head of Legal Ops um, at American Express. Um, lots of learnings on this call. Andy talks to us about the um, uh, about driving value and transformation and how the legal operations function can do that. Um, early initiatives that help build a real foundation to deliver on transformation and some best practices around um, in, engaging the stakeholders around you and getting buy-in and managing change. So it's a fantastic episode. But what I'm really going to call out here is something that we didn't actually talk about um, uh, on the uh, on the podcast, but um, Andy is father and dad to a superhero, young William, um, Andy's um, young son who has autism. And what I love reading about, I don't know if you've you follow Andy on LinkedIn, but I suggest you do because he shares his story, um, his family story about what it's like um, uh, uh, raising an autistic child and sharing the learnings across the community to garner really sympathy, and not just sympathy, just understanding um, about the challenges and the joys um, and, and engaging with a community to ensure that there's compassion, um, particularly um, from employers, um, so that we all have a better understanding around those challenges. If you haven't followed Andy on LinkedIn, I suggest you do, because his posts about his family and young Will William are absolutely heartwarming. Um, often bring a tear to my eye, I have to say, but it's, um, he's a wonderful, wonderful man, um, a very accomplished um, professional too. So kudos to Andy. You're going to enjoy this session. I'm sorry I've gone on a little long, but it was important. I thought that I'd call that out. So in the usual fashion, sit back, chillax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Innovative Legal Leadership, the podcast where you'll hear from the world's most innovative general counsel and their leadership teams for their insights into the running of a Fortune 500 in-house legal department. The challenges, the wins, the roadblocks, the journey to date, and most importantly, what lies ahead. Let's get into the show. Andrew Brereton, or to his friends, Andy Welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you on. Thanks, Jim. Really happy to be here and great to see you again. It's yeah, no, good to see. You. It's been too long. We did have our last live um, catch up probably a couple of years ago, but uh, we're not the only one saying that right now. Uh, so, Andy, you're currently the Vice President Legal Operations at ServiceNow. You've been there for a few years. You were at Amex before that. Um, a stellar career. And today we're going to talk about how legal operations drives value and transformation in the legal department. Uh, we're going to do a bit about the why, the what, the how. Let's start with the why. Um, why do you think legal ops is so vital to do exactly that, to drive value and to drive transformation? Yeah, no, great. Thanks, Jim. I think the why for me is you know, legal as a profession, as a professional service offering, is one of the last kind of teams to really drive through a you know transformation. Yep. When you think of HR, finance, other professional service functions, there's been vast transformation. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I just think the legal function is just so overdue for transformation and kind of uh, you know doing things a bit differently. It's already well underway, Jim, as you know. Uh, you know, companies like Pursue Yourself are driving a lot of that change too. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I've always said it's, it's funny. In the past, it's been hard for general counsels and their team to be at the forefront and saying they're driving something which which is transformational. So that's why I'm so excited about this time because I actually do think it is the legal function's time to be able to say, yes, this is what we're doing and this is how we're driving transformation. And it sounds like that's exactly um, uh, where you're at too. Yeah, absolutely. I just think legal operations professionals are so well-placed to do that. Um, Dedicated legal operations function, dedicated legal operations professionals are the the ones who are best placed to identify where that value, that transformation can can happen and take place. Yeah, Um, yeah. When I when you, you know, when I think about legal operations, I started my kind of legal operations career at AIG. Then went, like you said, to American Express, where I just learned so much um, from so many great people. Um, you know, even since then, legal operations has evolved. It used to be about e-billing, right? Manage the budgets, manage yeah. the outside counsel spend. Yeah. That is still part of the role for sure, but yeah. it's so much more than that now. Um, it's about identifying those business challenges. Um, where is legal needed? Um, where is technology needed? Yeah. Uh, and you know, we hopefully on the path now, I think over the next two or three years to drive really meaningful change. Yeah. And that's a great segue into into the what. Okay. So we've got the why. What is it? What are the what are some of those early initiatives and goals that you actually set yourself to be able to deliver on the value, on the transformation? in the legal department? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the I think the answer to that question will change depending on what you know industry that you're in. Yeah. So for me working at ServiceNow, you know, a technology company, we are we're looking at changing and we provide a technology platform for many, many of the other biggest companies in the world. So internally that change happens at a bit of a faster pace. Yeah. I love um, that. Yeah. We're obviously a technology company, so we have to, right? I think the approach that we've taken is Understand the work that legal is being asked to do. And this this to me is where, you know, there's so many offerings out there in the marketplace. Folks hear all the time, you should buy this piece of artificial intelligence. You should buy RPA. Yeah. It's like just take a step back. Yeah. Build a foundation first. And if you're building a house, you build the foundation first, not the roof. If you're buying a piece of AI or RPA before understanding the foundation first you're basically building the roof before the foundation and it will not be successful in my opinion. Yep. So we, the approach that we took, Jim, was understand the work that legal are being asked to do across a number of different practice areas. What's the volume? What's the cycle times? What's the value of the work? Great that you can establish, let's say, that legal are being asked to work on 1,000 MBAs. What value does that really bring? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's where we started. That then led us into a fairly significant transformation effort around our commercial legal team and how we manage that workflow. Um, and it just led to so much more across different practice areas. So, you know, understand the volume, understand the foundation. That's the first step. Yeah. And it's funny, we talk about, and I know you and I have spoken about before, you know, 30, 60, 90 day plans. That is a little bit artificial, isn't it? Because it might take you it might take you months to really understand what you need 
for the foundations. Um, and probably your experience going in a few years ago, new to ServiceNow, and really understanding what what the legal work was, how it was undertaken, before you could start wrapping your arms around, okay, what do you think the strategy is and what are the building blocks um, to achieve some goals? Is that right? Is it um, that before you can really come up with a plan, you've really got to do that homework and understand what your foundation is? I think so. I think it's um, 30, 60, 90-day plans are still very relevant for sure. Yeah. Um, I do think that the pace of change needs to be kind of borne in mind. So I'll give you an example, right? If you spend 60 days evaluating a business problem, you figure out how you're going to fix it, right? You establish a new process. Things might change. You know, 60 days is a long time in a, in a, in a business which is driven by quarter, quarter reporting. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's still worthwhile. I think yep. here's, here's my general kind of approach to it, Jim, is yep. understand the process, the business problem, don't be afraid to be inspired by how technology can inform and change that process. Um, something I learned very quickly at ServiceNow has been, we have a business challenge we need to solve. There's a lot of value if we can solve that problem. Technology can help solve that problem. Um, don't wait until you know absolutely everything, everything. about the process for implementing yep. the technology. Be inspired yep. by the technology. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so, if you were, if we did to start talking a little bit about the how, which you uh, again you've you've started now, should we? What are some of the kind of the high level process that you you think you need to have in place to start to achieve the goals that you've set yourself for 30, 60, 90 days, and whether they're goals around a particular business problem or more broadly? Tell me a little yeah. bit about the process. Sure, I think when we talk about you know, workflow for legal teams. There is sometimes a little bit of a hesitancy because yep. legal requests can be very complex. But here, here's the bottom line, right? And I'm still a qualified lawyer back in my homeland of the UK, even though I don't practice law anymore. <laughs> here's the bottom line. Most legal requests start with a request and end with someone fulfilling that request. Yep. So very, very simply, right? If you could capture when the request comes in, what it's for, yeah. And then when the request is ended and what the outcome was, yeah. that's not hard, right? No. Like those are very basic yep. things. Yeah. Um, and so our approach was we kind of operate on the old 80-20 rule, right? As long as we're capturing the majority of the request which legal are being asked to perform on, there's always going to be corner cases, right? There's always going to be yeah. that big litigation or big regulatory advice that you, you don't want to capture through a workflow tool. That's fine. But our approach was capture the request, capture the point of being fulfilled. The in-between bit, if you're capturing that data, that data is so valuable. It is right? gold, isn't um, it? Yeah. And so that's the key thing. And the reason we took that approach was then broadly, we got most of the practice group areas into our transformation efforts very early rather than just focusing on one area. That was where we started. And I, look, I love the 80-20 rule. And it's funny, as a um, uh, as a seller of legal tech, and often the audience is, of course, legal, um, they're trained often to think about the exception. And so, and you've probably heard this before, you often get the exception, which is the 20, not in the 80, in as a response to what you're proposing. And, and sometimes that can be paralyzing, 
um, to, to progress and change. So I love that. Look, we're not going to solve 100% of that kind of problem, but boy, <laughs> if we can get the 50, 60, 70, 80%, um, yeah. Then the rest of it tip that that that's firstly huge, um, yeah. and secondly the the um, the outliers usually end up taking care of themselves, and they're the and they shouldn't impede. I think, oh, yeah. sometimes they're an excuse um, or a convenient way to impede on real transformation. I don't know whether that resonates with you, but um, that's certainly some of my experience. Yeah, it definitely does. I think the way that, and it's not even doesn't need to even in relation to transformation, right? It's just BAU. Yeah. So let me give you an example. Every year that I've been in the head of a legal operations role, every single year I am asked from, I'm asked, the ask is, Andy, we need more resource. Yeah. And the, the answer I always usually give is, okay, why do you need more resource? The answer I get is, well, the teams are really busy. More work's coming in. We're not really growing headcount that much. We're really busy. The question that I learned to ask is, okay, what are the teams busy working on? Yeah. And the answer is, I don't know that. I just yeah. know they're really busy. Huh. <laughs> and it's, yep. not, it's, not from a, it's not from a place of, of bad intent, right? No. It's just, oh my goodness, I'm so busy. And yep. so if you capture 50, 60, 70% of the volume of the work which keeps busy day to day, yeah. and then you can start to understand what work can be you know, deflected to self-service or yeah. you know, rerouted to a shared service function, then your lawyers and your team's legal professionals, paralegals have more time to focus on that 20% of the, of the yeah. really meaningful work. Yeah. And, and look, I, that's, that's huge in legal and it's huge in all professions. That busy work, that I, I can't see the wood from the trees, I'm sorry, but not actually having had the time or having the resources or, or the expertise to be able to drill down, identify what are the activities, what do you need to be doing and what can we kind of automate or help with that sure. to me that is the true transformation um in yeah. in work um and that's where the it value is. that's where the value is uh, because then people, it's not, it's not yeah. hard to start either right yeah so again back to if you simply capture the some basic information at the point of request and the point of fulfillment yeah that's not difficult to do Yep. And once you start to learn from that information, learn from that data, you realize, wow, you know, and we uh, give you a real life experience here. We, we had some assumptions of what our legal team is working on at ServiceNow. Yep. The data we now have through rolling out our own, you know, our own technology solution has been, wow, it's validated some of those assumptions and it's also revealed a lot of stuff as well. Yep. Um, and yep. we hear it all the time, right? Data is the new oil. Yeah. Um, and that's just absolutely true. Without catching that information, you don't really know what your work, what your teams are working on. Uh, absolutely. Um, and th those kind of insights, I talk, I also talk about data being the oil, but it has to be refined. And that's often the refining process. So you can actually understand what the insights are. What did it teach you about what work was actually being done? What wasn't being done? What hypotheses were being validated? And what, what were actually just wrong? Um, but uh, I love the way you've simplified it. Um, let's just understand what it looks like when it comes in the door, what is it, and then when it goes out, um, uh, because ultimately you're right. Um, it's a pretty pretty simple concept. Tell me about buy-in, buying from the stakeholders, the team, 
Tell me about the, the challenges around there and what are the kind of things you might do just to get the, the right stakeholders on board? Absolutely. So there's the two kind of main things that I like to focus on. Number one, get, if you can, executive team support. Yep. So we're really fortunate at ServiceNow. We have our GC, Ross Elmer, um, our uh, CIO, Chris Betty, um, our chief revenue officer, our head of sales, um, head of head of you know business functions, they're supportive of change. Yeah. Um, and so we got that executive buy-in to to support the idea of doing things differently and seeking transformation. That's number one. Number two, make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, we we rolled out one of our workflows. We rolled out was for our sales team. So every engagement that they need to make from our sales or commercial legal team goes through our front door into legal our workflow. We set things up, we configured some very simple questions at the outset. When we share this out with the sales organization, we were really careful to explain, look, we're asking you say five questions, okay? Five questions will help us get that request started. Here's the here's the key point. Yeah. Those five questions that we're asking you to give us answers to, they're questions that we'd need answering anyway. Yep. Whether it's email, telephone, yep. whatever chat you use. Typically, that information happens and gets to legal across 10, 11, 12 emails. Yeah. Now we're getting rid of that. Just yep. tell us this information. This will enable us to get started way faster. And that's that gets you off on the right foot, right? So yep. I think it's just to kind of cap two things, executive buy-in and secondly, yeah. just simplify everything as much as Must possible. Make it simple. And that is the key to great software. <laughs> make yeah. it as easy. If you're creating more work, for somebody, nobody wants to do that. But if it's, um, you know, but they talk about reduce, it, it's got to be like 100% better than what you're doing right now. It's got to be a significant improvement. And you're right, you're asking those questions in the first place, but it might be in an email exchange a dozen times, a hundred times through the organization. Um, so, yeah. Um, tell me about, um, uh, for you, what, what does success look like um, especially in the early part, what are the early kind of milestones or successes you want to be aiming for when you're bringing on this kind of change and transformation? It's a good question. I think it depends on what business problem you're seeking to solve. Um, the easy one is adoption, right? You want to see good adoption. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's the business stakeholder, whether it's the legal team who are using the technology. For me, we at ServiceNow, what we try to do is have some pretty defined success measures for each area of transformation. Yep. So we kind of figure out, look, what are we seeking to improve? I give, give you an example. We knew that, well, we thought that there was some work that legal was doing that could be deflected to self-service or to a shared service function. Yep. So our success measure was, let's ballpark a percent. We want yep. to see were to be deflected yep and the thing jim is you know and we again we have such great support service now from the executive team if your success measures are not quite hitting those targets that's fine yeah it's telling you information that you need yep. to maybe refine or pivot in a different direction yep um so often when people report status of transformation programs you use you know green yellow or amber or red and everyone wants to be green all the time yeah. Sometimes it's better to be amber or red because it tells you you need to look at something and, and, yep. and change. Yeah. So, or, 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 or presumably the benchmark you set, the target you set for yourself is just 
was too ambitious to start off with. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe the rate of acceleration on adoption was three or six months out rather than, you know, two or three months out, whatever it might be. You're absolutely right. Um, the one thing we know is without that data, without setting those kind of benchmarks, you're not actually going to learn um, exactly. as to where you exactly. need to adjust. Yeah. yeah. A- any, any mistakes people should be looking out for? People want to avoid mistakes. What are the traps um, that yeah. you would, especially kind of earlier on in the journey, that you would call out? Um, from, you know, perhaps from some battle scars, uh, your own battle <laughs> scars there, Andy. Plenty of battle scars, yeah, yeah battle scars for sure. Um, I think, you know, from the very get-go, focus on change management. Um, understand that if you send one email out, it won't really get read. Send, you know, over-communicate is usually yep. very safe. Yep. Um, you know, send four or five communications out to make sure it lands about the change that's coming. Yep. engage folks early yeah um you know help understand help them understand the value that the change is going to bring and um, change management is so so important but i want to mention one more and this is i think the big one um so often when you go through transformation programs rightly so the focus is understand the process first okay understand how you can refine that process and then look at technology to to help you know drive that that new and refined process don't take too long looking at the process. Yeah. Absolutely understand it. Absolutely seek to get broad buy-in and understanding, but be inspired by the technology because the technology can very often change, change the process. For the, better the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially gym and legal. Yeah. Um, you know, just because we've been doing it one way for 10, 15 years does not mean we should do it that way tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I've seen some of that too. Just a natural inclination sometimes to try and get 100% of the way there, to whether it's to an understanding or trying to get to perfection, um, which is sometimes natural for for lawyers and recognising that um, in order to move fast um, and to make real real progress, um, it's... What I call progress over perfection. Sometimes, absolutely, um, it, I mean, it is we, the mantra. One hundred percent. And we've got we're and I understand that I'm in a very fortunate position in that I work at a technology company and we yeah. have incredible IT partnership. But let me give you an example, Jim. Right. So we launched our new our CLM system that we that we use internally in less than ninety five days. Wow. Uh, and we did that for a reason. We wanted to get it out into the into the kind of population. Yeah, have some integrations built with our you know native systems, and this is why our IT leadership and partners would say to me, Andy, you learn the most out of a car when it's on the road, yeah. not in the garage. Yeah, get the technology deployed, learn from it as you go. I'm not suggesting for one moment that you can do that, you know, without a level of comfort. Yeah, but just go with it and see and you'll learn much more in the real world than you will in a test yeah, and, and it is it, it is the model around really finding your product market fit until you can hypothesize all you like in your own head about how things are going to work but until you face the enemy the customer and the customer's got it in their hands that's yeah. when you start the learning and that's absolutely why you're you know your head of it is saying get it into the customer's hand let's see what we can learn that's the driving um, yeah. that'll teach us. Tell us about the next for 
for you and ServiceNow, Andy? What are you thinking? I mean, you've obviously, you've got a mature legal ops department. You're delivering wins. What's what's the future for you? What's the next? Um, to the extent that you can share with the audience, the big rocks for you. Yeah, no, for sure. I think there's there's so much more to do, right? We, yeah. We're in the early stages of, of our using our own platform. Um, the the initial intent was understand the foundation of work, understand what everyone's working on. You know, ServiceNow is so well placed for understanding what work can be automated, yeah. um, in legal and compliance in whatever the area might be. Um, and that's not to drive people out of making a living. It's to drive efficiency and have folks working on the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the next step is, you know, a little bit like Pursuit, I guess, right? You, we've got the initial kind of rollout. We're understanding yeah. the data that's in the system. Where can work be automated? Yeah. Where can we join up the workflows? So we have various workflows across different practice groups. So where can we bring that information together to make a more complete offering? Yeah. Um, and that's that's just part. That's just one part of what the ops team at ServiceNow does. We have, you know, really broad remit for transformation even outside of legal. Um, we partner very closely with the different business functions. Um, as well as you know, the, the table stakes of legal ops, which is making sure we're operating to an effective, you know, yeah. good budget management, stewards of the company's money, things like that. And, and kudos to you there, Andy, because I don't know that there are too many examples where um, the the learnings and the um, uh, the wins from the legal ops team are then starting to spread out into other functions. Usually, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's usually part other yeah. operational parts of the organisation that that deliver their learnings into the legal ops. So kudos to you to, to spreading your wig, wings beyond um, beyond legal. Okay, two things we'll finish off with a couple of takeaways. One, what's the one big takeaway you want listeners on this episode um, uh, to take away? And, and secondly, what's the first thing that listeners should start doing? Um, and let's just assume they're earlier, perhaps earlier on in their legal ops journey than... Um, uh, than service now. Yeah, I think my initial answer was going to be, you know, if you are a GC or a chief legal officer and you don't have a legal ops function, you know, what are you thinking? Get yeah. a legal ops yeah. function stood up. Yep. I love um, that. There's no way that a legal function of any any significant size, whether it's a small yep. or, or large, can operate as as effectively as you can do with a legal ops function. Yep. Legal ops function will pay for itself. Yeah. Um, over time, for sure. Um, I think if you are in a legal ops function and you're kind of struggling to understand you, where do you start? Just start small, right? Um, but focus on the value change can bring. Yeah. Um, that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're going to, I like that. If you're going to, yes, focus small so you can actually digest and deliver, but, but the greater the value, there's no point digesting and delivering on something which doesn't actually create value so I, I think that's absolutely right and on your first point andy about you know what are you thinking if you're a gc with a significant team and you don't have a legal function absolutely right and probably what i'd overlay on that and i'm sure from our discussion you'd absolutely agree an empowered legal yeah. ops function um, yeah absolutely that that's what's going to be important yeah yeah and don't be scared to have the role as a senior role right a legal ops Function, yep. a legal ops leader, legal ops team 
can offer so, so much to legal function and also to business stakeholders. Pretty much, you know, most legal functions are seen as a support function. They're usually part of the GNA, you know, kind of yep. world. You're always thought as a, as a cost center. You can change that narrative if you start to highlight and bring the value of change. Um, and so I just think it's an absolute must. And honestly, it, you know, without change, without legal ops functions driving the change, teams are going to get left behind. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in that. Couldn't agree more. Andy Burden, it's been fantastic to speak to you. Some awesome insights. I'm sure the audience is going to love it. Thanks so much for joining me. Great. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the show. For more, please subscribe to the show in your favourite podcast player. If you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please connect with me, Jim, the host of the show, via email, jim at pursuit, P-E-R-S-U-I-T dot com. We'd love to hear from you.